Our scripture reading this evening will be coming from Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 8 through 10. The Apostle Paul writes, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift to God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Thanks, Jason. Well, we're continuing in our series on Ephesians, and we're going to be looking at chapter 2 tonight. The series saying it's a time to stand, and it's a time for the church to stand, and it's a time for Christians to stand and be active. There's kind of a series of, of pictures in the book of Ephesians of sit, walk, and stand. Uh, because we are seated in the heavenly places, we are to walk each day on earth the way God has called us to, and we are to stand for Jesus, and he will stand for us. Tonight we're going to talk about God's masterpiece, that great passage out of Ephesians chapter 2 that said, ends up basically talking about how that we are God's masterpiece, we are his workmanship and all of that. But in order to kind of to get to the right kind of mindset of that, he walks through chapter 2, letting us remember what we were. Uh, we were something that we shouldn't be in the beginning, and we should not stand for that. We should change. Uh, but he, he starts out saying, as for you, you were dead. And the idea of being dead is not something that's attractive to any of us. That's just... Our greatest fear it's one of our greatest things that we despise uh, it's not who we want to be and it shouldn't be the way we are described as being dead but the reality is that we are dead uh, Paul would tell Timothy that that a woman who was not living in the right way she was dead even while she lives and we need to think about being that we were dead if we were to have the opportunity to come back to life, we would do anything. So the fact that we were dead and to describe our lives that way, we should be thankful that Jesus did change that for us. We were dead in our transgressions and sins in which we used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, that's the devil, and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. School teachers, law enforcement people, parents don't really care for disobedience. Disobedience is one of those things that we want to avoid as well. But as people who walked in this world, I was one of those people who was dead and disobedient. And I think it's once you see yourself as being that way and you want to change and you want to be better, you are able to find that Jesus is the only one who will really and truly change that. So you were, and sin worked through us. The devil tries to work through us. We are servants to whom we obey, and the devil is constantly trying to do that to get us to obey him and to, to follow his desires. I, I was converted when I was a late teenager, and I know the desires and the destructive things that I did. I, I feel fortunate that I survived that time. And some of the, the things that I think back on was not rational at all. 
but I am thankful that God has, has changed my life and your life and our life, and that's the reason why we serve him. He goes on to say, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. You know, we did what we wanted to do, and we did it when we wanted to do it, and we did it how we wanted to do it. And following his desires and thoughts, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. And of course, some of us got the wrath of parents. We got the wrath of neighbors. We got the wrath of police uh, personnel. We got the wrath of uh, maybe friends. But we got the wrath, but we were deserving of God's wrath. And we couldn't really do too, too much about it. But fortunately, as Christians, we are no longer living that way. That's not the way we live. We don't live according to the flesh, what we want or what we desire or what the, our neighbors want or what they desire, but we live in a different way. And that's where verses 4 through 9 comes in. And this describes as Christians who you are. This is your identity. This is how you should look at yourself and how you should stand we have this new identity. This is who you are. He goes on to say, but because of his great love for us. And that really stands out to me because I, as a teenager, I did not think I was lovable. I didn't think I was loved. I didn't think I was worth much. Uh, but God loved us. Whenever I started going to church, the songs about love touched my heart. They touch my heart today, too. And whenever one person loves another one with the love of Christ, it changes my life over and over again. We're going to be talking about some of the things we did during Mission Eben here in a little while. But one of those great things was, that we experienced, and Dan will probably talk about this, was he was leading singing there in, in front of Melvin Gleason and how much it touched him. The love of God touched him, and it should touch us as well. And sometimes we have to be reminded of that. We shouldn't take God's love for granted, but God does love us. And he is rich in mercy. He made us alive. We were dead, now we are alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions and those sins, it's by grace that you and I are saved, not by works. Uh, but God raised us up with Christ and seated us. There's that word of seated with Christ, seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So there's, there's God working in us and changing us and helping us become the people we were designed to be, the, the people he wanted us to be. And the goal then, and it continues on, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. There's nothing you can compare God's grace to. And he shows it through us. We were dead. We were people of sin and transgression. But God's love transforms us and changes us in great ways. Expressed in his kindness to us. God didn't owe it to us. It was because of his kindness. We didn't deserve it. It was because of his grace that he did what he did. It was through his kindness in Christ Jesus, what Christ did on the cross, what Christ did in coming to, to earth, living among us. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. 
It's the gift of God. It's the gracious gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. And this word works, where he goes on to say workmanship later on, are the words that is the turning point or one of the turning points in this passage. We can't work enough. We can't do enough good works to save ourselves. I know that if you go to uh, uh, the average funeral, they're going to talk about the good works that person did. I promise you, you can't do enough good works to save yourself. But it's God's grace. And it's that concept of, of works that changes. It changes our motivation. It changes our life. It gives us life. So then we're motivated to do good works. And that's the reason why this passage ends up with, for we are God's handiwork. During Mission Edmund, we have some handy men who use their abilities to do good works. Uh, the word handyman or handiwork, uh, some translations will say we are God's masterpiece. That idea that God is working in us and we reflect that whenever we live that. God is, God is uh, working to save us and then we are God's works. He is, he is living in us and we go out and do his will and we, we change our will to serve him to glorify him but we are God's masterpiece and think about that you are not the same person because God has entered your life you are different your motiva motivation is different your life is different the way you live is different you are unique as all of us have unique thumbprints and fingerprints unique personalities God makes you unique through Christ but we work together in accomplishing his will. And he goes on to say we were created in Christ. We were, that was the design. That was our purpose. That was the way God made us in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared or foreordained in advance for us to do. God saw you, and he saw you as valuable. He loved you. And he created you with some gifts. He gave you some talents. He gave you some spiritual gifts to work and make a difference. So when it comes to Mission Edmund, what we do is we have people come together. And sometimes people learn new skills like how to drive a, a, a nail in a board with a hammer. Sometimes people learn how to pour concrete. Sometimes people learn how to build fence. Sometimes people use their abilities that God has given them in a way to advance the kingdom. And we might think those talents or gifts are so that people can make a profit. But we're able to take those talents and gifts, what, how God has gifted us to make a difference for his kingdom. And that's the reason why we are called to stand. God works in us and then God works through us uh, you know, a lot of times you say, why doesn't God, somebody else say, well, why doesn't God come and do this? He is through us. Why doesn't somebody pick up that trash? He is through us. Why doesn't somebody help a widow? He is through us. He's called us to, to do that. Why doesn't someone visit the fatherless and the widows 
and those in senior living places he works through us and he does we're going to watch a video which kind of summarizes the things we did the last few days there was a lot of work that went ahead of that and uh, Chip is going to come up and talk after the, the video talk about some of the things and then Dan Sorrells will also talk and I'll come back up and I want to make kind of some practical application for us as we move forward so now the video you're the god of this city you're the king of these people you're the lord of this nation Mission Edmund, 
You've heard about Mission Edmund from here at the pulpit. Uh, you probably heard about it in your Bible classes, and you had the opportunities to read about it in the bulletin, but what is it really? 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18 says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or in talk, but in deed and in truth. To me, Mission Edmund is just one opportunity to serve and to share God's love through our deeds. I'm so thankful for each of the 55 plus people that participated in this year's Mission Edmund. Each of the days began with a good breakfast and an opportunity to build your own sack lunch and then a short Devo. I want to say thanks to Kevin and Kent for getting things rolling and providing the devotional each morning. Friday night we had a wonderful smoked pulled pork meal with all the fixings that was provided for the workers and the people who owned the homes where we worked. I want to say thank you to all of those that helped prepare those meals and serve those meals all three days of Mission Edmund. You know an army runs on its stomach, right? Well, we were well fed. I want to especially thank the primetime class for the desserts that they provided. Uh, Joanne Young provided us with a wonderful chocolate pie and Nancy Cantrell. I really love those fried pies that you got for us. They were delicious. Many of the projects were completed. Some examples included disposing of a TV that had been struck by lightning, trimming trees, cutting down trees like you saw in the video a while ago, disposing of that debris, rebuilding a storage shed, replacing deteriorated sheetrock, installing a drain in a yard, mowing yards and rebuilding fences. By the way, as you probably saw in the video, we've got several expert fence builders and I can get you their names and phone numbers after services if you like. Not all the projects were completed or even got started, but we plan to work on them in the next few days and weeks. If you'd like to help complete some of those projects, please let me know or Kevin or Kent. Mission Edmund is a great way for us to show God's love for each other, but it's also a great time to get to know one another. Get us to where we know each other better and to even meet some people for the first time. I want to say thank you again for each of you that participated this year in Mission Edmund. I want to thank the congregation for your prayers and your support. And we hope that everyone will consider being a part of Mission Edmund next year. Thank you. Good evening. I'd like to start out by saying thank you for giving us the opportunity to do Mission Edmund. I thought it was a great success. We had about 25 baptisms and 15 recommit themselves to the Lord. That's not true. I'm pretty sure that no one is getting baptized based on my sheetrock work. Some of y'all have seen my sheetrock working like, yeah, that's true, that's very true. You know, we've been talking a lot about disciples. And it's, it's kind of difficult talking about disciples and how that works because I can, I can go out and put a fence together. I can run a chainsaw. 
I can put up sheetrock, as ugly as it is, I can do it. I can haul off trash. I can light a fire for a brush pile. I can even put together some food for a fire department or a police department. But I don't get to see sometimes what that does for people. The seed that I'm planting. We went to every fire station here. I hope that they look at some of the guys that go to this church, that work with them as firemen and say, you know what? There really is something different about them and about that congregation. I like that. I can only pray that that's what happens. But I do know this. We've been talking as adults about James. And the theme of James is, how do I show my faith? James chapter 1, verse 27, says, Pure and acceptable religion to God our Father is this, taking care of the widows and the orphans and keeping oneself pure from the world. I'm always amazed at the things that seem so trivial to me, that seem so small, removing a television that's struck by lightning. But for somebody else, that's not trivial. That's not small. Singing songs in an in a assisted living or a memory care facility, that's not hard. 30 minutes of my time. Yet to watch somebody who can't carry on conversations with me anymore, whom I knew and worked with, who did a lot of the woodwork in this building, who took care of the vans, someone who is incredibly talented. And to watch them sing, trust and obey, because they can remember that, because it's important to them. What does that mean to them? It apparently meant enough that the next day when their family visited them, they couldn't help but say, I sang with so-and-so. I sang with Mike. Mike Rhodes. I sang with these people. Over and over, that's what he could convey. Something else that you don't think about. Delivering food to the police department. Do you know that the two shifts on the police department never see each other? So if you deliver it at shift change, they all get to sit down and eat with each other. It's the little things in life that you don't really plan about, that you don't think about. One other thing I want to tell you about for Mission Edmund. When you think about Jesus and him changing the water to wine, who enjoyed that? Who got the, the benefit of that actual miracle? people who drank it, they had no idea that Jesus did that. The servants who took the barrels, the jars, down and had them filled with water, they're the ones that enjoyed that. I had so much fun working with my fellow Christians, getting to learn things, like the fact that Sean McElroy couldn't find his tape measure that morning, 
So he went around the house asking where his tape measure was. Elijah brought him his little plastic play tape measure. Guess what tape measure we used when we did the sheetrock? We used the plastic tape measure. The real measurements we did with a good tape measure, but, but we did use it so he could tell his son, I used your tape measure. Getting to sing with Wiley Risley and watching him pick songs that had bass leads just so he could sing bass, which is always a treat for everyone else when Wiley sings bass. It's the time you spend serving together that matters. It's the time you spend serving others. I am so thankful for this congregation's elders and ministers who go out of their way to make opportunities for people, this congregation, to serve God and to serve the community and to serve each other. That's not an easy task. I very much appreciate the prayers from Mission Edmund, and I hope you continue to pray for the seeds that we've planted, for the love that we spread, that good might come of it other than just the enjoyment of spending time with my fellow believers. Thank you. Don't let Dan uh, overlook either that it was neat to work with Dylan doing the sheetrock too. It's neat to see a father and a son uh, work together to be to learn how to uh, be a servant and and Dan and Dana kind of coordinated our meals to the fire department so they they did a lot of work together their family is was a real blessing uh, the ropers kind of coordinated the one to the police station and they did a great job and I appreciate Chip talking you know that is not Chip does want he wants to be invisible he doesn't want attention which is which is great. All the servants want to be that way, and, and there's so many people who serve behind the scenes. Well, uh, did you have a masterpiece at home at your house? Did your parents ever put something up on the refrigerator that you did? Uh, I'm sure they did. As parents, I know we did that for our kids. Whether as kids we remember that, I don't know. But uh, this is my closest thing to illustrate that. When I was in high school and college, I did pottery. Now, this looks, this looks like a piece of junk. I know it really does. Uh, it's called, it's a raku firing where you put the pot in a, in a place and, and fire it to, uh, in, the, in the midst of uh, some other things. And uh, so it turns out like this. this. I know this is really ugly, but I got a college scholarship with this, so I've kept it. I, I've made a lot of things. Uh, it's just a symbol to me of that point in my life. That was whenever I became a Christian, and those things, it meant a lot to me at the time. But pottery, I love doing pottery, ceramics on a wheel and all that kind of stuff. That was really my passion in high school. And uh, my elementary education had an emphasis in art, and a lot of it was with pottery. And my mother kept a lot of my pottery, and now that she's moved out of the house, I'm coming up with places she has some of my pottery all over, and I really, was really surprised. Uh, so that's kind of what made me think of it this week, was I guess that was my masterpiece that 
or the, my mother thought was masterpiece or whatever. But doing good, can you imagine the things that God puts on his refrigerator, so to speak? God created you to be you. He created you to be like Jesus. He created you to be a servant. He created you to use your gifts and talents to make a difference so that you could be his masterpiece. And when we read through scripture, there's a number of times it talks about doing good. And I'm going to read just a few of those scriptures here in a minute. But think about the number of times it talks about doing good. Now, I don't want us to be a bunch of do-gooders where we talk about, look what good I'm doing. Uh, but what I want us to do is to see ourselves that God created us to do good deeds. He created us to do good works. And we are God's masterpiece. He is so proud of us. Uh, imagine how the Father in heaven is just so thrilled when his church is in the community doing what he wants. Well, in order to do that, we need to recognize our own unique kind of material God has made out of us for God to shape and mold us. When I used to do pottery, I would, you know, you work with this clay and you mix the right kind of things and you work it and you get it right where, where it's very moldable and pliable and be, that you can work with it. And uh, it ha you have to get it to where it can yield to you, be, be, uh, be that way. Well, God does that with us. We have to be made out of certain kind of material. And a large part of that is just being humble. Uh, there are people who, uh, you know, maybe have super degrees, uh, super education to do marvelous things that are out there sweeping digging in the mud, mixing concrete, uh, choking on dust, uh, climbing trees, taking a chainsaw and cutting things down. So many things, but people have to be willing. And that's the real key is people being willing, being humble enough and willing to do that. The other thing is... Uh, there are ways that we can become God's masterpiece and help other people. We want to form, help other people being formed into the image of God's dear son. And so we have to recognize their unique material, that God is working in them, how God has made them. And we have to understand them, learn to work with it and, and bring it together. And one of the things when we decided to do this series on disciples being are making disciples we read a book and the author of that book talks about disciples are handcrafted not mass-produced you know most of us would love to come up with a machine or a computer program or something where we could just crank out disciple after disciple after disciple and run them through and create them but for some reason God has done this with the apostle paul he's done it with peter he's done it with lydia he's done it with person after person he's done it through you and me today where we have to walk alongside people and understand them and help them know how to become like god we need to we have to stop and listen to them listen to their hearts understand them care for them 
And we have to pray for them constantly. Jesus prayed for his disciples. We need to pray for others that we teach uh, and help them become like Jesus. Now, this idea of doing good is, is not anything probably new except for our efforts to do good deeds, to do good things, is because God lives in us. In 1 Peter 3, a, a group of Christians that are going through difficulties, he approaches them about doing good even though they suffer for doing good. Have you ever done a good deed and it cost you more than you thought it really would? Well, he quotes out of a psalm and he said, whoever would love life, and I think that's something we all want, and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous... And his ears are attentive, attentive to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them who do evil. So if you want God on your side and you want to enjoy life, do good, and you'll feel good about it. In Acts chapter 10, uh, Acts records about, you know, the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him God the father was with God the son to help him do good and God the Father was with us, his church, this week, as we did good. In Hebrews 13, it says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And we would call that worship. But he says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. So if you want to see the Father smile and say, you're my masterpiece, go out and do some good. Look at your life and see how you can do good for somebody else. Just kind of pause and think, not so selfishly, but think about unselfishly and do for others. Now there's a passage in Galatians chapter 6 that goes on for a little while about doing good, but it says, do not be, be deceived. God cannot be mocked. He can't be uh, made fun of and all of that. A man reaps what he sows. And that's, that's true as a farmer's kid. I know what you plant, it's what you get. Well, whoever sows to please their flesh from flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And that's what we want. Let us not become weary in doing good. So just because we did it for three days doesn't mean, okay, Monday we get off or next week we get off. Let's continue to do that. He says, then uh, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. And so Mission Edmund is, yeah, we reach out to our community and we want to continue to do that, but we especially want to take care of those that are our believers. One of the things that shocked me whenever I came to work with seniors here at Edmond, and this may be a shock to you, I, 
I just asked the question, you think about the answer to this in your own mind. How many widows, how many senior singles do you think this church has? In a church of 13, 1400, how many would you guess? Well, after working here for a while, I would have guessed 35. I've had, I ask that question to people every once in a while. Would you believe we range between 90 and 100? Think about that. Pure and undefiled religion. There are a lot of widows in this church that needs our care. And uh, Chip coordinates a lot of those things. We want to encourage you to participate with that. Um, but there are great opportunities to do good. And when we do that, especially for the family of believers, people will know we are Christians by our love for one another. They will know that we are God's masterpiece. Well, if you're not a Christian, if you've lived this life like Paul described in the early part of, of Ephesians 2, that you are dead and you want to experience life, the abundant life, you want to see good days, then seek God. Follow him, become his masterpiece. Let him put his imprint, let his spirit shape and mold you and produce the fruit that is there. And of course, you don't get the spirit of God unless you are immersed into Christ. And as you're immersed into Christ, buried with Christ, you're raised to walk in newness of life so that you can do good deeds and he is your master. If you want to do that tonight, we want you to do that as we stand and sing. <laughs>